0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Do you enjoy God's presence as much as you enjoy your earthly possessions? In today's message, Pastor Jim goes over the story of Isaac, who had his material possessions taken away from him by the Philistines. However, the Lord reminded Isaac that the presence of God is something that no human can take away from you. If you are following the Lord's commandments, He will be with you and will never leave you. In fact, He will bless you beyond what your possessions can provide for you. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Genesis chapter 26 as he Continues his message, God's Faithful Presence.
1: Do you believe the good news of the cross of Christ? Do you believe that the gospel, the trusting in Jesus, is the only way to heaven to receive the forgiveness of sins and eternal life? Do you really believe that if the Holy Spirit called you, He can call anybody? Or do you think you're so special? You're special because God called you. But if God could call you, he could call anybody. This is a concept for everyone in the room. Again, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is for you. But if you're a follower of Jesus, this is for you too. I mean, we see it here with Isaac. When you stop fearing God, and that's what happened to him here, When you and I stop fearing God, you start fearing so many other things. And you start fearing people too. Now that may sound odd to you, but when you fear God, when you revere God, when you respect God, when you desire to obey God, your fear level will decrease because you will realize that your life is in God's hands. Isaac is the leader of a whole group of people. But when the fear of man overpowers the fear of God, it becomes all about you. You can make a billion excuses about it, but it becomes all about you. When we get into the mode of self-protection, taking everything personally, we're not free to serve the Lord, are we? We're just in that, in that, in that jail cell of fear. I cannot tell you over the years how many amazingly gifted people, amazingly gifted people that I have seen who did not blossom because instead of the fear of the Lord and the reverence for the Lord, they had the fear of people and they lost the fear of God. Just, I'm, telling you, I'm telling you, people gifted off the charts. And you're just like, man, they just were so afraid of what people thought of them. And so how do we fix it? We remember Jesus and the cross. We remember that Jesus did not fear people. We remember that saving himself was not important to Jesus. Jesus' focus was the glory of God and the salvation of your soul. And if you've never put your trust in Jesus, that can be you tonight. If you will turn to God and say, I don't wanna live this way anymore. I wanna live your way, not my way. And I'm gonna put my trust in Jesus instead of myself. In Mark 10:45, Jesus said this about himself, for even the son of man, his favorite name for himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life, there's your cross, a ransom for many so what is a ransom a ransom is what you paid when you pay when someone is kidnapped so what did jesus do he paid the ransom to bring you back to god that's what he did at the cross you say well i'm still i'm still kind of afraid i don't know what god's going to do with my life <laughs> that's half the fun <laughs> <laughs> I don't don't know what God's going to do with my life. Romans 8, 31, the Apostle Paul says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Really? If God's for you, what, what can anybody really, really do to you? You know, you say, well, they can kill me, but they can't kill your soul, can they? Jesus said they can. Verse 12 says, then Isaac sowed or planted seed for crops in that land, and reaped in the same year uh, a, a hundredfold. So there's a huge harvest, right? So they're in a, in a place where there's a famine, but he throws out seed and there's a huge harvest. And the Lord blessed him. Why did he bless him? He lied. He didn't tell the truth. Why did he bless him? Because he said he would in verse three. That's why, that's why. Verse 13 the man began to prosper. Some verses say he got, was getting rich and continued prospering. He kept getting richer until he became very prosperous and he was getting very, very wealthy for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants and everybody was so happy with his success. Is that what it says up there? So the Philistines envied him. <laughs> Notice, despite Isaac's sin and failure, God was with him and God kept his promises. God blessed him in a famine. Now, because of the famine, Isaac left the promised land and ended up in Philistine territory, lied about his wife. And and I gotta tell you something. This is a foreign concept to probably many of you. It's certainly a foreign concept to many people who do not understand one little bit about the grace and the goodness and the kindness of God. Isaac was out of God's will and he was blessed. Yes, I just said that. He was out of God's will. He goes to the place where he's not supposed to be, he's telling lies and he is blessed. All because of why? Because God keeps his promises to his children. Now, there are consequences. God will ultimately keep his promises, but there are consequences. Now, the Philistines are not too happy with him. They envied him. You come to our land, you lie to us, you plant crops, and now you're the richest guy in town. We're not too happy with that. Now maybe some of the famine was spreading all over the place and maybe these people are wondering what's going on. Yet Isaac's crop was huge, his animals many, servants, people who worked for him many. He was rich. What is this? This is a great picture of heaven. It's a great picture of heaven. What's going to what's heaven going to be? A bunch of sinners a bunch of failures, a bunch of ordinary people who are filthy, filthy rich because of the promises of God. That's what it's going to be. Verse 15, now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father, Isaac's father, uh, father's servants, Abraham, had dug in the days of Abraham his father and they filled them with earth, they filled them in with dirt and Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us for you are much mightier than we. Some of you have heard say, you're too powerful now. Verse 17, then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. So he settled there, lived there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water. So he's reopening wells, which uh, they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. Also Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well or a spring of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen saying, the water is ours. So he called the name of that well Esek, that means contention, but they quarreled or they argued with him. Then they dug another well and they quarreled over that one also. Now let's just stop there for one second. The Philistines are not pictured in the Bible as the sharpest knife in the drawer, okay? They're kind of, fig- they're not too bright. So they had all these wells with water in them. So what'd they do? They fill them in with dirt. <laughs> so Isaac just goes, well, I know where they were. I was a kid when my dad dug them. I'm just gonna go tell you where, he goes right to them. It's not like he's searching for them. He digs them up and they're like, hey, we filled those in with dirt. And he's like, well, I guess you didn't need the water or something like that. So he called the name Sitna. That word means hostility. And he moved from there and dug another well. You know what he's doing? I love this. He's not giving up, is he? And they did not quarrel over it. So I guess he's far enough away. So he called its name Rehoboth. Now, Rehoboth either means spacious or a beach in Delaware. (laughs) Because he said... For now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. So the Philistines tell Isaac and company, you need to get out of town. And they have this fight over water rights after that. Now, this is very puzzling to us. Maybe some of you caught it, maybe you didn't. Why does God bless Isaac and then take it away? So he blesses them with the crop. He blesses them with the, 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 the animals. He blesses them with the servants. He, bless, he makes them totally rich. And then he gets them kicked out of town. Why does he do that? Well, the same reason he does it to us. It's a test. He wants to test Isaac. And this is really a lot of what the test is. And this is something that, uh, you know, as you walk along further with the Lord and you, but you have to really work it in the sense of, you've got to invest time in your faith to really grow in your faith. And so God wants us to see this, that his blessings far exceed material things. So God's blessings far exceed material things. So what does he want to show Isaac? He gets him in this land, everything's going well, he's making tons of money, he's got this prosperous piece of property, and he gets kicked out, right? Eminent domain. The king comes along and says, you gotta leave. And what does he want Isaac to see? What does he want us to see? That his presence is better than having a great real estate portfolio. Now, some of the real estate people are like, don't tell people that, Pastor. Jim, I'm trying to sell houses here. What are you trying to do to me, right? But he's saying, listen, my presence, you will see this in time, is better than anything else you could have. And when you enjoy my presence, that will enable you to enjoy everything else that I've given to you. But until you're able to enjoy my presence, a lot of these other things will not be satisfactory to you. So Isaac Dugwells and the not too bright Philistine government confiscated it. But here's the thing that we saw in Habakkuk that the government can take whatever they want from you. They know everything that you do. right? They know where you are. You have a cell phone? They know where you are. Okay? They know everything. They know what you buy. All they got to do is Get your credit card statements. They they know what you search on your computer, they can know everything about you. They can take everything from you, but they can't take God from you unless you let them. They cannot take him from you unless you let them. And God is saying, I want you, Isaac, to realize the one thing nobody can take from you, and it's me. And it's me. And my promises still stand. Verse 23, then he went up from there to Beersheba, so it's about 25 miles away, and the Lord appeared, this is what we call a theophany, to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, I am with you. Maybe some of us need to underline that in our Bibles. Do not fear, I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. So, The Lord responds to Isaac's persevering faith. He's going at it, he's staying at it, he's staying at it. He's not going to Egypt. And Isaac responds to the Lord's presence and his word with worship. And it says, and he pitched a tent there, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. Okay, so Isaac is blessed where? Where the Lord is, not the prosperity. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahazuzah, one of his friends, and Phicol, the commander of his army, and Isaac said to them, why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? So he's like, what, do you want to be my friend now? What's up with this? Verse 28, but they said, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So they're like, there's something about this guy. So we said, let let there now be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you that you will do us no harm since we have not touched you and since we have done nothing to you but good and have sent you away in peace. What? (laughs) Every time they found a place, you kicked, you booted them. Oh, great crops? That's ours. Oh, water? That's ours. Right? Right? Every time, now he's finally far away, and they're like, well, maybe we want this place too, he's probably thinking. But he, they say to him, you are now blessed of the Lord. Now it seems like they want protection from the Lord. Now, here's a funny thing. Some people want nothing to do with your faith, but they, they do respect maybe how you're blessed of the Lord. You know, so he made them a feast, and they ate and drank, Then they arose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another and Isaac sent them away and they departed from him in peace. It came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well which they had dug and said to him, we have found water. So he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. So the Lord appears to Isaac. He's on the run. He doesn't know what he's going to do. And the Lord appears to him and what does Isaac do? He doesn't go, Where do I go now? No, he doesn't. What does he do? He worships him. Because he's learning to understand what it's like to live in the Lord's presence. And then the unbelievers ride out to make peace with Isaac because what? They have seen the light in Isaac. They have seen something in this guy. Now, about 2,000 years later, when you watch the life of Jesus, it's an amazing thing that even some of Jesus' enemies wanted to talk to him. There was just something about him that they wanted to talk to him. And we should, anybody who's a follower of Jesus, we should all pray for this, that something about our lives will be attracted to others. That something about our lives will draw people's affections to Jesus. Perhaps it will be our joy. Perhaps, remember a few weeks ago, we talked about that, that we are to be the people of hope. Perhaps it will be our hope. Perhaps it will be our love for people. Something, things that are very important in light of the way things are going in this world right now. That those things are in short supply. Verse 29 is, is, very, is amazing. They totally lie. We treated you well. We treated you well. Now, you think most people would be like, all right, let's go through a few things. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't contest it. What does he do? He presses peace forward. You see how much he's learning? This is the Christian life. This is the life of following God. He has seen how God treated him when he messed up, and now he's extending that to other people. Part of that may be that God is putting in Isaac a demonstration of the Prince of Peace. How is that possible? Well, they said it in verse 28. They said, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. Isaac's life is pointing people to God. He's a blessed man, and they see it. That's why Jesus came. That's why God himself became a man to make peace between God and us, to offer us not just water in the ground, but to offer us living water, the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Now, verse 34, we're gonna finish the whole chapter, seems out of place. It says, when Esau was 40 years old, that would make Isaac 100 now, so the timing of this, we don't, you know, we, we fast-forwarded quite a bit now. He took as wives Judith, the daughter of, of Barry the Hittite, and Basemath, the daughter of Elon Musk. Just seeing who is awake. <laughs> the daughter of Elon the Hittite. So what does that tell us right there? He's marrying outside the faith. That's what that tells us. And they were a grief of mind to Isaac and Rebecca. And now Esau is where? Remember, he sold his birthright to his brother eventually, right? He is outside of God's plan for his life. Now, Isaac was not a perfect man. Again, I, I introduced the chapter by saying he was, he was ordinary. He was ordinary. And again, I don't mean that as an insult. And he was, he was not a great man like his father, But the interesting thing is he gets all the same promises. Isn't that wonderful? That you can look at all the great saints of the faith, all the great people of the faith, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you get the same promises. You know, I think we're going to be very surprised at who God considers faithful by the time we get to heaven. Esau wanted no part of God, but his father Isaac, through several tough lessons, was a recipient of the grace of God. Now his son, Jacob, he is gonna make a lot of mistakes along the way. I mean, he is just a rascal, this guy, man. He's gonna make a lot of mistakes along the way. And guess what? You are too, and I am too. And that's how we experience the grace of God. You just look of all the mistakes you've made in your life. And God says, I still love you anyway. I still love you anyway. All the more reason to put your trust in Jesus' perfect life, his dying on the cross for the payment for your sins, and his resurrection as proof that the price has been paid for your sins, that if you put your trust in Jesus, God takes away all of your sins, washes you clean, and considers you as if you had never sinned before. The beautiful thing we see in the Bible is anyone can come to God. It is amazing how many of just the worst characters he takes and he does stuff with their lives Anyone can come to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And if you've never put your trust in Jesus, I want to tell you that you are invited. Or if you've just wandered far, far away, you're, you're like Isaac, you've just, just, you're, you're starting to wander. God says, okay, time out, hold on. Let's sit. Let's remember what I've promised to you. Let's remember that I, I wanted you so much that I sent my son to die for you. And that's whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're not a follower of Jesus, we all need to remember that. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, or even if you are and you're having doubts about where you are with God, I want you to remember this, you have not sinned too much for God to take you back or for God to take you. And the other side of the coin is this, you could never do enough good deeds to make yourself acceptable to God because you need to be washed clean by Jesus. Remember we said last week, that great verse about Abraham, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now he had to learn how to live it out and we have to learn how to live it out, but God forgave everything. You see, we are all like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, now we're kind of, trying to get back to life as normal. And so many people keep telling me, I just feel stuck. I just feel stuck, I can't get out of this thing. That's why we're studying these guys. Because I want us to see that, that maybe you think that you're stuck or maybe you think that God's done with you, but you're not. That God has great things that he wants to do for you. We're just like Abraham, we're just like Isaac, we're just like Jacob, we're sinners who need a savior. We are people who Jesus calls home to heaven, which is better than any promised land that this earth could ever offer to us. We're called to heaven, the place of God's faithful presence for all eternity. And so if you've never put your trust in Jesus, I pray you would tonight. And if you feel like you're far from him, I pray that this would be the night that you would just say, Lord, I wanna come home. I'm tired of doing my own thing, it's just, it's wearying to me, it is wearying to me. I wanna walk with you, I don't wanna be afraid anymore. I just want to serve you, I don't wanna love you, and I wanna experience all that you have for me. And I know that that's a prayer that God wants to answer.
0: Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world, and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.